Just a quick warning that we will be discussing religion, abusive relationship dynamics, both physical and emotional abusiveness, violence, death, alcoholism, and mental illness. So maybe skip these next few episodes if uh, you're not okay with that. Sparkling ring for every finger I'll put away and hide from view. Final three. Who who knew? (laughs) After like, what, five parts of Go Long? Yeah. I was thinking that we should have called it like Go Long Month. Like, welcome to Go Long Month uh, and a week. Um, Yeah. Yeah, that was a lot. We only (laughs) had only skin month. Yeah, right. Like those, I think those so far, I mean, correct us if we're wrong because we don't listen to the episodes. No, but I'm I'm pretty sure that's right. In California, I think had three parts that came close, but Mm. probably other ones too. But we made it. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I feel a sense of relief coming into the third vinyl. Um, And I just said this to Nikki off mic, but like, this is a fun song, and I don't think we've had a fun song in a while. Like, uh, you, Nikki, compared it to um, in California. And uh, good Intentions. Good Intentions. Mm. Uh, yeah, Good Intentions. And, um, yeah, we haven't had, like, a bop in a little while, so this is really nice. It's, it's so interesting with this song because I think it's fun in that it's such a bop and, like, Oh God, like the piano stuff is just like, it's so intense and engaging and captivating and like pulls you in and fun to interpret lyrically because there's so much shit going on. Oh my God. But it's also like so dark <laughs> and like scary. Yeah. And, um, but in a way that like, I don't mean to sound insensitive, like it makes it also more fun for me though because like I get emotionally drawn in too and so it's yeah it's just really captivating yes it feels like we're back to like solving riddles in every word and every sentence and every verse like we were in uh east yes Um, so that's a really fun place to be yeah with accident it felt way more floundery it was just like oh I'm swimming around these words and like a couple things make sense to me but other than that I don't know (sighs) yeah 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 same thing with go long go long i feel like we talked (laughs) endlessly about a bunch of like surrounding elements and big ideas but when it got to like the nitty-gritty of it i still feel like i have no idea yeah what was going on there but yeah hard agree here we are here we are soft as chalk soft as chalk hooray hooray Um, Another thing that's really kind of fun about this song is that I think that for a lot of people, it stands out as a favorite. Like I was Mm -hmm. reviewing a bunch of, I just like searched for Softest Chalk in like Reddit posts and in like the Jun Newsom News and Discussion Facebook group, shitposting group. And 
a lot of people list Softest Shock as one of their favorites and particularly particularly as one of the first songs that drew them in off of Heaven On Me. And I totally see that. Like, I think it was the same for me too. It's just, yeah, I, there's something about it that's really compelling. Yeah. I, I mean, the piano in this song, number one, is incredible. The number of tempo changes we go through is mind-blowing and the lyrics are like <laughs> incredible so it doesn't surprise me at all that it's many people's favorites um yeah no I'm excited I'm excited too we made it we made it <clears throat> okay um what should we start with should I start with those Facebook posts yeah let's go there first okay so we had asked people on Facebook just about their thoughts on Softest Chalk, and we got some cool responses. So a couple of them. Um, so Samir said that they feel like it's the beginning or end for this relationship and the album overall. Like she's still trying to find some good in him during disc two and perhaps, uh, oops, I just scrolled away. Uh, and perhaps to find a deep introspective view into herself um, but after Go Long and Occident, she finally comes to the realization that there is n- nothing or no one who can save him. It's a pretty violent song in its imagery, especially in the first half. But I can already see her wanting to, re- to leave this relationship in this song. And like hard agree with that. Uh, it's violent for sure. And it does feel like this like ending, like she is getting over something. Uh and like reckoning about something having ended, I feel like in this song. Yeah, I very much agree with all of that. It feels like, um, not only because we're physically on the third vinyl of this three part album, um, but because of exactly what Samir said that we have like a little bit of space and introspection into what has happened on the first two vinyls. Um, and I think that space is really important. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. Um, And then one of our really helpful listeners, Gabby, um, shared a link with a, uh, or to a Joanna Newsom shitposting post from like a year ago where people were talking about Soft as Chuck. So the question um, was posed by Gabby herself and she asked people, what is Soft as Chuck about? And so just like a couple of the answers from that post from a year ago. And thank you so much um, for sharing that, Gabby, with us. Thanks, Gabby. So uh, one of the top responses is from someone named Sydney. And they say, first impression, the love you have in your life where you thought they were the shit and then you got all involved and you realized you are the shit and you just projected all the cool things about yourself onto that person and they actually really fucking suck. So that one has the most uh, positive responses, I think. Um, But also, I think that a really poignant answer comes from a discussion between someone named Tara or Tara and Gabby. So Tara says, I think it's about leaving an abusive, controlling relationship. It feels lawless because an abuser's rules are always arbitrary and designed to control you. The references to laying awake all night, scared, wondering if she passed your test, comparing her backyard to a sanatorium, the line about giving love a little shove and it becomes terror, uh, and then finally getting out on a plane with her bags. And Gabby Hart agrees with this. 
Um, there's a couple other points too that I thought were interesting just to um, bolster the abusiveness dynamic point. So um, the constant like hypervigilance um, that the narrator describes of like, so the line, uh, while over and over, rear up, stand down, lay around, trying to sound out or guess the reasons I sleep like a soldier without rest, just like constantly not knowing um, like what to do, I guess, um, being sort of lost in that abusive dynamic and like trying to appease without there being any answer. We'll get there when we get there, but I just wanted to mention that now. <clears throat> and then uh, some disassociation parts like around the sanatorium wandering mm. lines um so tara mentions that those two things can be coping mechanisms in abusive relationships and she gets those vibes so yeah um yes that's where i'll stop i think with the with the facebook post but just because we're going to get more into it as we keep going so thank you so much for that gabby yeah, thanks, Gabby. There's, uh, it's like a treasure chest that post. I'm <laughs> yeah. just reading through it now too. Um, yeah, it's always so cool to crowdsource something like this and um, get a hundred different perspectives instead of just our two. Yeah. Um, so thanks again, Gabby. Yeah, it's really valuable. So anybody uh, listening to this and thinking maybe your feedback would be valued, it would be. So send it to us, hopelessendeavor at gmail.com. It always is. We squee every time we get an email. It's really good. Um, okay. One place I wanted to go just in terms of like general themes of the song. Uh, and I think this was a direction I was pointed to from Genius was the, uh, you know, we're stepping into fairy tale land a little bit again. Did you see this, Nikki? It's like the the wolf and the seven young goats. Yeah, yeah. That was helpful for me because I couldn't understand what Soft as Chalk was alluding to. And given that it's like yeah. the title of the song, I was like, it's important, but like what? What? Yes. And I think it's so rare, not that this is correct at all, but that we have like even like an inkling of understanding of what the title of the song is is referring specifically to mm-hmm. um like in, in california for example we know uh that we're talking about space and place and all of those broader themes but i really liked um this brother's grim tale connection yeah um, as tying it to something a little more specific so um just very quickly the tale goes um a mother goat leaves her seven children at home she ventures out to find food and she's like okay don't open the door for anyone um you'll know it's me because i have white feet and a very sweet voice so like don't you dare open the door for anyone else could be the wolf um she leaves uh the wolf comes a few times and the little goats don't let him in because they see his um not white feet i guess and hear his gruff voice but the wolf learns to um soften his voice and the way that he does that is by using either honey or some kind of medicine from the pharmacy or chalk um and i think this is kind of where kind of uh perfectly uh this tale vibes with the song um the chalk is what helps the wolf to convince the goats that he is worthy of being let in yeah. uh, he also smears his feet with white flour and that's the trick that gets him inside and so to um kind of the abusive points that i'm sure we will touch on later um, and we're touched on in the post that Gabby brought to our attention as well. Um, 
uh, it's the same kind of deception um, that I think we're going to see a lot of in this song. Yeah. Um, Yeah, that's perfect. I am grateful to Genius for that and to you for that summary. Uh, I just love the idea that like, then the name of the song is like, oh, look, I'm like pointing, I'm gesturing towards this deception that sort of like underlies our whole relationship. It's sort of this like coming to, well, I hesitate to say coming to Jesus moment because I think there's a lot of like (laughs) falling from God here too, but um, Mm -hmm. we'll get into that. But I think that like there's some sort of realization here, this like disenchantment, this like, seeing the relationship for what it really is and seeing his deception for what it really is. And so, yeah, I love the insight that that brings to the um, title of the song. I think that disenchantment is the perfect word for it too. And I think so much of this album is, had a lot of eases to like being so wrapped up in something that you're not able to see outside yourself and outside of your own thoughts. And uh, thankfully now, on the third vinyl we're coming back down to reality a little bit more and it's like awful and painful and hard but very very necessary yeah really necessary i also love just the straight up anger in this song she's pissed yes she's very pissed i love when joanna's pissed it's great um and, and like because we've seen that sort of like disenchantment and like sort of like decrepit like uh, exhaustion in Occident and before that in in California and Jackrabbits we've seen this like exhaustion sort of play out a little bit but like this is like her being fed up not only in terms of exhaustion although I think that too but now she's like no fuck you though like this is a lot uh it's not just that this didn't work, but also like there are parts here where you're at fault. Um, Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. And I think we're only able to see some of that fault because we have some space. We have a little bit of physical distance from the relationship and uh, we've been able to process a little bit more uh, along with our narrator. Along with our narrator. Yeah. Do we dig in? Oh, I suppose go? so. I suppose so. You start. Okay. Please. Okay. Song one, record three. <laughs> <laughs> also just blows my mind that we've been doing this for 50 episodes. But <laughs> It's crazy. It's so nuts. I remember very specifically starting out, like before we had started recording or anything, and just counting the number of songs she had in her whole discography. And like before we started releasing, I thought we were just going to do one episode <laughs> per song, like a dolt. Uh, but so I like counted the songs and there were 50 something. I forget the exact number now, but I was like, okay, I guess there are 50, like a year worth of podcast uh, yeah. materials. And here we are a year later being like, well, we are halfway through the second <laughs> album <laughs> that we're covering of hers because we talk a lot about Joanna Newsome. <laughs> Yeah, and I think the hope is that by the time we run out of content, there'll be a yes. new album. Oh my god, so. <laughs> that is my vehement hope. Holy shit. Okay. I digress. Mm-hmm. Soft as chalk. And she sings. So, so long ago, and so far away, when 
Time was just a line that you fed me when you wanted to stay. And time is capitalized, which I love yes. so much. Yes. Okay, where do we go? I'm just going to pull my mic up here. There we go. Mm. Um, Where do we go from here, Nikki? <laughs> where do we go from here? I guess we could start just by... I, um, I like how... The beginning of like the way she starts the song is sort of reminiscent of like a fairy tale like beginning, like so sure. long ago and so far away. The other day I read some sort of Instagram post. I think it was just like a bunch of pictures of Twitter threads, actually, but um, where someone had given like a bunch of the different ways that fairy tales mm. start in different languages. Yeah. So fucking cool. But there is like for some reason they always start with like positioning what the events that take place as like being far removed from the time that you're at now. So as much as I don't think that there is, I don't think this whole thing is supposed to be a fairy tale, especially because it's dark and not fairy tale like at all. Although, you know, Grimm's brothers fairy tales can be like that too. Oh my God. (laughs) But there is some sort of like distancing that she's setting up. She's like positioning herself as being removed from some of the events that she's describing. I really like that, and that was something I hadn't thought of, but I really like that because it is so, so long ago and so far away. It's something that we have distanced from, and I think where we start off here is we are not in that fairy tale anymore. Right, Um, right. We're not, we're back in reality. Uh, Shit isn't foggy anymore. It's not like this dreamlike, love-filled time. Um that that happened in the past that's over and i think that's a really important and uh excellent distinction to start yeah. with yes um i also read something about that line on genius let me just pull it up because i forget what they said exactly um so somebody on genius let me just see who the contributor is uh lucas uh i don't i can't say the rest of the name somebody whose username starts with Lucas um, writes that the first line of the song echoes the opening verse of Superstar originally recorded by Delaney and Bonnie um, and made famous by the Carpenters version and so their version starts with the lyrics long ago and oh so far away I fell in love with you before the second show and so they say that this song tells a story of unrequited love. So throughout the song, a groupie nostalgically reckons how she fell in love with a rock star, rock star who subsequently abandoned her. Um, yeah. So I, I thought I would just mention that too. Interesting. Yeah, and I think there's very much some of that unrequited love um, and this song here, or at least realizing that the love you, that you were given was not what you deserve. Yeah. Or even like what you thought it was or would be. Like there's a sense of disappointment. Yeah. Um, okay. So the first note that I have is just about the capitalization of time because mm. that stood out to me. Um, uh, and I think I had tied it to the idea of father time. So time 
in his allegorical form is often depicted revealing or unveiling the allegorical truth with a capital T, Mm -hmm. sometimes at the expense of a personification of falsehood, fraud, or envy. Um, And the example that was given was related to the idea that time is the father of truth. And I think Mm -hmm. that's just a really lovely place to go here too. Um, In the same vein as distance that like now that time has passed, uh, we have a little more clarity and we're able to see uh, see through the muck a little bit more. Yeah, um, I love that. Um, actually, like in the next, it's weird that, that this first verse is split into two like verses. Because like she's in the middle of a sentence where yes. we stopped. But it, it, as a part yeah. of the next part of the sentence, um, I have a, a note that is so in line with it, what you just said, Sam, um, about like wisdom or like coming upon truth mm-hmm. or like that theme being there. And again, just like even going back to our discussion on the title of the song, just like this like revelation um, where this like truth is being revealed to her. So I really like that. I, I didn't even realize until you pointed out that time is capitalized. So that's really cool. Yeah, I like that one too. And you're, you're referencing like wisdom as the pearl. Yeah, cool yeah exactly yeah it is weird that that the verse is split in that way like i have the official lyrics here too um and we do end with a comma it's very odd um um okay time was just the line that you fed me when you wanted to stay i took that as uh the partner saying just give it time or it'll resolve Mm. itself in time or um, telling yourself like he just needs time if I invest more time into this relationship interesting um, things will get better yeah seem seem better at at the very least like stay with Um, me for this little mm -hmm. bit Uh, yes wait it out wait it out hang in there and it'll it'll get better which is like I think a very um, common uh, like trope. Yes. Um, especially with like traditional marriage and traditional like heterosexual relationships. Um, like that if you're with someone that you should stay and work on that regardless of whatever else is happening. Mm-hmm. But time isn't always isn't always the cure for that obviously no and it's also a very frustrating thing to be fed the line i just need some time because like there's no end point to that there's no like definitiveness it's like it's basically just telling the person like put your worries like keep them to yourself because like i just need some and like yeah like maybe in some cases it's true that the person does need just time to process it but it also can be very frustrating to be on the other end and just being like but what am I waiting for exactly? Like, can't you just think this yeah. through? <laughs> like, decide. And like, how many times you're fed that line too, right? Mm-hmm. Like, at this point, I feel like it's happened enough that it's something that like, like, you can't keep saying that. You can't keep requesting more and more and more time when we're this far gone. Right. Um, yeah, it's nonsensical at a point. Um, I'm glad that you said that interpretation because it, I was having trouble with it um, of like what to make of the idea that time was just a line that he fed her because Mm. um, in a, 
in like two verses down, I guess she says, no time, no time. And I was picturing her, I was picturing that being the complaint of her partner. Like we don't have time. We don't have time. Like you have to stay with me or something. And I got confused because I was like, but it does make sense if she's, um, like maybe she's, she's the person being like, I don't have time to wait as you're asking me to. So that, that makes more sense of it. I'm not sure if I made my confusion there clear, but, um, I think it could go either way. I think that, um, it could be either of them saying no time, no time. Yeah. Um, yeah, but we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get to that verse, I guess. But yeah. Um, I made my partner read through these lyrics because there's just so much going on. And as Sam said at the beginning of this, like it seems like this is one of those ones where like specific words just feel like they're really poignant and like shit is probably flying over my head left, right and center. So I made him read them and he pointed out that time that this line here when time was just a line um, is likely a double entendre between like uh, time being a thing that he would tell her or like a, you know, the little refrain that he would feed her, but mm-hmm. then also time as like linear as totally. a timeline. Yeah. And it makes me, I mean, it reminds me obviously of just divers in general, but yeah, but it makes me think that maybe like if she's saying when time was just a line and we're talking about it in the linear sense, that maybe that's like sort of hinting towards her sort of fucking with the timeline here. And she's maybe alluding to the fact that like, I mean, we just started by saying so, so long ago and so far away when time was just a line. So maybe she's now in a space where time isn't linear like that anymore. And she's now like re-experiencing parts of the relationship, like in the present, maybe like past, past, past experiences that they've had or past feelings or, Um, also it sort of gives me the vibe that like, you know, when you're stuck in these like toxic cycles, these like patterns in relationships where you just like replay the same fucking like fights and like resolutions and disintegrations over and over again, that like it can start to feel like time isn't linear in that way. You're just sort of in this cycle. Yeah. I love that idea of like kind of breaking the time warp of this relationship and stepping outside of it. And again, the idea of space from it, but also space in terms of real time, like um, how disorienting it must be to step from what you think is, uh, what you think reality is on a certain time-based plane and stepping into something else and being like holy shit like how long have we been having this argument how long have we (laughs) been stuck in this like tornado of us yes um yeah i love that and i love the thing you just said this tornado of us because like yes (laughs) exactly step clear of it for a sec um i think the only other line i have here for this like funny half verse at the beginning is like and it ties in very much with the with what you said about um like the fairy tale-esqueness of so so long ago like it feels more like we are telling a story about something that happened in the past versus being presently um like knee deep in the feelings mm. 
we have like a little bit of uh, movement away from that. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I'll read the second half of this or whatever. I'll just keep going. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, should I? Yeah. So, okay. The next verse is, um, we'd talk as soft as chalk till morning came pale as a pearl, colon, no time, no time. Now I have got all the time in the world. So weirdly, there's another verse. What I just read is actually two verses. Uh, so after the colon, after pale as a pearl, another like paragraph starts and says, no time, no time. Now I have got all the time in the world. Right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yep. Just, I'm just like looking on the um, genuinesimlyrics.com. Okay. So uh, that's all one sentence though <laughs> in these like three verses um, or two sentences. But anyway, yeah. So the thing that she's describing as so, so long ago and so far away is that they would talk as soft as chalk until morning came pale as a pearl. Yes. All right. <sighs> Um, okay, what do we have to say <laughs> about this? Oh, boy. Uh, first and foremost, the like un- very specific enunciation of pale and pearl here mm. really kills me. It's just like a really lovely um, kind of funny uh, bringing together of words. I really like it. I like it too. Um, And yeah, I think that you're right that we are referencing something that happened in the past. And the thing that happened in the past was that we were so close. We were having a good time. We could stay up all night talking until the sun rose. Um, And that was like a comfortable, nice time. Yeah. Um, But that thing that happened was so long ago and it is very far away now. Yeah, I I really like the... um... Um, the dynamic of like this nice soft memory of you know staying up all night talking with someone uh, until the morning comes and so on the one hand like it's a nice that's like a really intimate bonding experience I think Um, and on the one hand like chalk is like that right like it's soft it's a soft element it like is soft to the touch but when we pair it with our understanding uh, from the Grimm's brothers um, fairy tale, it like takes on this dark interpretation where it's actually not this like nice soft memory. Cause like if they were talking as soft as chalk until morning came pillows of pearl that conjures up the image of like, maybe they were both just deceiving each other. Yes. Right. Like they were both just trying to, uh, make it work sounds almost too generous for the tone of this. Um, they were both deceiving each other to get what they wanted. Yes. And that the talk itself was the deception Yeah, that whatever they were telling each other was untruths. Yes. And um, like the end of the, the end of this, the wolf and the seven goats tale is not a happy ending. <laughs> How does it end? Like, um, so the wolf comes in yeah. um, because they see the white feet. They hear the sweet voice um, and the wolf jumps in and eats six of the seven goats. Mm. Um, the youngest child hides inside a clock and does not get eaten. Inside a clock? But 
Inside a clock. Interesting. Oh, man, I didn't even think of that. <laughs> Inside a clock. Perfect. Um, Mother Goat returns home and she sees that the wolf is sitting under a tree with like a giant belly. Um, she walks in and finds her youngest goat child. I guess goat kid, I guess would be my hmm. Um And she calls to the child to quickly get a pair of scissors, a needle, and thread. She cuts open the wolf's belly, and the six children, like, pop out miraculously unharmed. And then I guess the wolf is still sleeping while they're doing this, so they fill his belly up with rocks real quick, sew it up, and throw him in the river. Um, Wow. And that's the end of that. So it's like a really uh, good ending for the goat family, not great for the wolf, but the wolf is the one... Um, creating the deception here and eating these innocent goats. So, shit, that's a lot. It's a lot to have gone down. <laughs> it's a lot for like a fairy tale for children. Oh my yeah. god, Grimm's brother stuff is so funny. <laughs> it's, it's incredible. <laughs> um, oh shit, it's like a great revenge. Yeah. Story. Here's some rocks instead. Good thing he swallowed yeah. them whole and didn't like yeah. chew them. Yeah. Uh, I also love the idea here of um morning being this like breaking point. So mm-hmm. In the first nice interpretation of this verse where they're talking as soft as chalk until morning comes, it's just like, oh, it's nice. And like morning comes and it's time to go to sleep. But in this deception tinged interpretation, I think that morning might represent like the end of night, right? Like Occident starts by talking about how fucking long the night is. Mercy me, the night is long. That's such a good point. Yes. And now she's like, oh... The softest chalkness deception was happening until morning came pale as a pearl. But like it's here now. Like I can talk about morning as though it has arrived. And so yeah. I think there might be some sort of reprieve of getting out of this like dark night of the soul of their relationship. Yeah. I love that. And I especially love it because when... Uh, because we're going to reference, have we not already? No, we're going to reference morning doves. Mm. Um, and the way that we're spelling morning in the couple references to morning doves in the upcoming verses is as in a loss, M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G. But um, the arrival of morning is a really nice uh, kind of double play on that. Um, yeah. Yeah, I really like the morning homophoneness that ha- that's happening throughout the song. Yeah, I can't. And also makes me think of morning without warning, like a road. Aww, like yeah. Without... Uh, I can't wait till we get to milk. <laughs> I'm excited and nervous for it. Um, and then pale as a pearl. So not only does that sound amazing, like you said, mm-hmm. but Oh my god, I found so much shit. Like, who knows if any of this is present in it, but I found so much shit on Pearl. Um, oh, cool. Okay, so before I get into the Pearl stuff, just to like justify me looking in the Bible for a bunch of shit in this song, let me just say this one thing that I was talking to my partner about before we started recording about um, 
why I think religion might be sort of a strong theme here. So we talked mm-hmm. at the beginning about how there's like this sense of being disenchanted and sort of like losing, having lost faith in the relationship. But I also think there's that there's um, a theme that parallels that kind of disenchantment and that losing faith in the relationship in her, like she's been looking in this album for some sort of solace. Um, and we've we've talked a little bit about like this grappling with like religious questions before on the album. And uh, I think that in this song, part of the disenchantment that she's feeling is not just with this relationship, but also with like this fucking lawlessness of life. And mm-hmm. I think that uh, I mean, later on in the song, she refers to God as a character, like as a character God which seems like something that a not super devout person might say, right? Like it's like a dis- dismissive way maybe of referring to God. And so all that sort of combines to make me think that there is um, this sort of like theodicy theme happening in this song. So um, just in case people aren't familiar with like theodicy stuff, there's this problem in religion and philosophy of religion called the problem of evil. And it's just the idea that, look, if God is omniscient, omnibenevolent, and uh, omnipotent, if he's, like, all-powerful, all-knowing, and all-good, then, like, how the fuck do we explain the amount of suffering and evil that there is in the world? Um, And so, for a lot of people, that's, like, a threat to the idea that God exists in uh, the way that we've been describing him. Because, like, how can you allow for all the suffering? Um. Uh, if you're all those things, right? And so theodicies are like ways of reconciling that question. Um, And one way to reconcile the tension between those two, uh, like the description of God and like the evil that exists in the world, one way is to say, well, God just doesn't exist in that form then, right? And so when she's talking throughout this song about like God-awful lawlessness and uh, just like calling out who is there, it gives me this vibe of like she's been looking and like she's disappointed with what she's finding. So not only has God allowed for this like crazy suffering that we've experienced up until this point in Have One On Me and that the narrator has experienced throughout the relationship, but uh, I don't know how I was going to end that sentence, but yeah, there's no like solace. There's no answer to why this suffering has existed. And that, like, lawlessness is, like, an integral part of the god-awful-ness. <laughs> that, like, <laughs> they're necessary evils if you believe in this. And it's, like, grappling with that. That's really, really cool. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to talk about that, I think, a lot as we get into, like, the specifics of um, the verses. But the reason I bring it up here is just because the pale as a pearl comparison. I just like wanted to look up if there's any sort of biblical anything. Um, and, um, pearl comes up a bunch in the Bible. So the most interesting things that I found, um, are that it's used to represent the kingdom of heaven. And so I was thinking in that sense, it could be like the reprieve that we were talking about before, but also, um, uh, in Job twenty eight eighteen, uh, it says so. Quote: The acquisition of wisdom is above that of pearls. So, like getting knowledge is more valuable than getting 
this very valuable thing, i.e. a pearl. And so that goes back to the wisdom stuff that we were talking about before. Um, and then I also found in Matthew, Matthew 13, 46, um, upon finding one pearl of great value, he went and sold all he had and bought it. So uh, from what I gathered from that verse, um, the pearl is being just compared to heaven. And uh, the idea is that like once he discovered how valuable like heaven is, uh, even though it's like really hard to get to heaven, right? He, he sacrificed like a bunch of shit in his life in order to be able to get to heaven. And so I don't know exactly how to tie that into this verse here other than just that reprieve and that like, look, it might be if morning comes and morning is the relief from the darkness of this relationship, then like even if it's really fucking painful to get to this reprieve place this like solace like get to that morning man do what you can to get to that morning because it's worth it I love that (laughs) having viewing the pearl as like this tiny shiny slice of good and whatever now that we've come through the dark whatever you need to do whatever you need to sacrifice to keep like trudging towards that little tiny bit of good yeah will be worth it um that's awesome that's great (laughs) (laughs) it's nice to have like a slice of positivity yeah even if that even if that little shimmer of light is pale still like maybe she can just barely sort of you know see the light at the end of the tunnel it's a pale light but it's there yeah and like the light at the end of the tunnel is so valid coming out of go long too because that was some heavy heavy shit and very very dark and yeah to know that there is a slice of goodness in the future is a nice way to move into um the third vial yeah i think i mean yeah even like occident too is not like a bright song it's like very dark and like the night is long. Uh, yeah. There has been no light yet after Occident. Um, yeah. <sighs> what about more time stuff here? Um. So this one to me was very much like, um, like a switch between. I gave you all of my time. We had all of this time together and it wasn't a good time. (laughs) Wasn't good. Now that we're a little bit separate from that, having this pale pearl in hand and knowing that goodness is coming. um, This was kind of like a really lovely slice of positivity to me. Like we have nothing but time. Hmm. I have, not we. Right. Not we. I have nothing but time. And this this space that we have, I have I've got all the time in the world doesn't feel like an ominous and empty and like heavy thing. It very much feels like to me um, this giant potential filled space Hmm. that we can step away from so, so long ago and move into something not necessarily better, but different at least. Right. I like the contrast that you just drew between the, like, rather than before, uh, 
where she had no time and like the so so long ago far away part of what we've just been talking about this last line of the verse that I just read starts with now now in contrast with what I have been going through where I had no time now is a different point for us for me (laughs) uh where I have got all the time in the world um I I couldn't decide if it was uh sort of like a nice like luxurious Hmm. amount of time or if it was like oh shit like now I'm not committed to anything and so I've got all the time in the world I couldn't decide if it was but I I like the idea that it's and it can very clearly be both too right like it as much as it could be like this lovely potential filled thing it could also be like an overwhelmingly it's a lot of space to fill that's a lot right like if you're if you're with someone and you're as I imagine this relationship was serving the relationship all of the time and working on it and thinking about it and you know I can only imagine to be like an anxiety ridden time filling up all of that space would feel like a big job a a task (laughs) for sure like I could also imagine so yeah like as you said it doesn't have to be good or bad one or the other it can be both simultaneously I can also imagine it coming with a loss of identity as you described Mm. like if if the time before was just preoccupied with her like trying to figure out how to survive this relationship and like how to make him happy and like it's impossible to please him and like oh my god I need to like spend all this time and energy thinking about how to make this fucking thing work and then you give up and it you're done with the relationship and it's not gonna work and then you're just like oh shit like what did I spend my time doing before I was just constantly fretting about all of this um yeah yeah I think that point of survival is huge too right like moving just from even like a mind space of getting from one second to the next to suddenly having uh, months and years ahead of you without (laughs) them yeah uh, is giant and overwhelming Um, yeah it's a lot it's a lot but I, I do appreciate just the contrast between like then I had no time, no time at all. And now we're at a different place. Like I, there is mm-hmm. a, a change has happened and I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. And we right now we don't have any indication of what that change looks like. I don't think Mm-mm. like uh, we just like it's like we're exhaling and yes. OK, we're here. Uh, and there's not even like we're not even ready to ask now what <laughs> right. we're just we're just in the moment on the other side second. yeah yeah okay would you like to continue uh yes let's <laughs> that's enough <laughs> other side of this verse <laughs> okay okay you guys so uh I'm going to do the plugs right away, but you have to make sure to stay tuned after the plugs because we have like a drop dead gorgeous. I don't even know how to describe the enormousness of the gorgeousness of the cover we have to play for you. But um, Rachana was sweet enough to send us a cover of Soft as Chalk. And like I said, it's just like completely astounding. Thank you so much for sharing Rachana. I'm sure you guys are all going to love it. So stay tuned after I say all the things.
Thank you guys all so much for listening to part one of our discussion on Soft as Chalk. We hope you're enjoying. So far, this is such an exciting song to cover. Um, email us. Tell us your thoughts and your theories because we know you have them about this song in particular. So a hopeless endeavor at gmail.com. Endeavor is spelled the American way with no U. Uh, we have an Instagram that Sam does a beautiful job at running, which is a Hopeless Endeavor podcast. Uh, we have a Facebook group, a, host, a Hopeless Endeavor podcast, a Joanna Newsom. No, wait, that's wrong. The Facebook is a Hopeless Endeavor, a Joanna Newsom podcast. Uh, we have a Patreon. You guys should check it out. I will link to it in the show notes. But there you can find early releases and uh, bonus episodes as well. So right now we're at, I believe, a total of seven bonus episodes. Might be eight by the time this is released. But we do a variety of things in those bonus episodes. So most of them are us um, just sort of discussing a bunch of listener submissions so theories on different songs that we didn't get to cover in the main episode but we also have one where we're just very silly we take like a Joanna Newsom quiz thing to determine what song what Joanna Newsom song both Sam and I are anyway so check that out link is in the show notes what else do we have that might be it uh rate and review us if you guys think of it it's always super helpful Okay, okay, okay. And here is Rachna with a beautiful softest track cover. Thanks again, Rachna. We really appreciate it. Thanks for listening. We will be back next week with part two of Softest Chuck. Thanks, guys. Bye. So, so long ago and so far away when
yard across the creek. 